Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. That's the name of the program. Today's Issues will be here the next hour and 25 minutes. I'm Tim Wildman with Ed Battagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Fred Jackson. Hello, Tim. Stanley Cups, the NHL uh, Championship Series, has that started yet? I hadn't started yet. Not right? the finals. No. Yeah, but they're in the. We're they're waiting the- on the New York Tampa Bay final. They're tied semifinal, two, yeah. They're, semi, they're, they're tied two games each now. See, yes, they play game five tonight. They're the Eastern Conference see final. See, they took the bait, people. Yeah. <laughs> you see that? It I doesn't just, take much, I just threw that out there. It doesn't take much. I just much. wanted to watch y'all go into <laughs> full-on <laughs> full on hockey talk. I just like watching it and hearing it. Did you see yeah. our eyes light yes, up? Yes, I did. I said, you want to watch Ed and, and Fred get excited. Watch bait. this, people. Yeah. <laughs> we could take to the bottom yeah, of the clock. Uh, if I know y'all should. We could talk uh, history and trades and mm-hmm. what's going to happen. And, yeah. The fact uh, that the Bruins fired their coach. Yeah. yeah. I want to get into that. straight winning seasons. What, what's up with that? We need a deep dive into, <laughs> into, into the internal workings of the Boston Bruins organization. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got to have a little relief from uh, – the news out there in some way or form, because it's it's not been good on the economy especially. But mm-hmm. Americans are an optimistic people, Fred. <laughs> and we and we also like living in denial. <laughs> and uh, so I, I don't want to – am I looking at $5 gasoline? Oh, yeah. As of this morning, folks, and the prediction is by day's end, as of this morning – $4.97 national average for regular gas. Just to put it in perspective, I heard a guy, when Joe Biden came into office, he said he has a an 18-gallon tank in his vehicle. Cost him $42 to fill that tank when Joe Biden came into office. He said in the last few days, he went to fill up that tank, $89. $42.00. To $89. Yeah. You know who that really hurts? I mean, uh, it really hurts. I'm talking about over doubling a gallon of gasoline cost. People who have to drive to work, let's say, uh, let's say you got to drive 20 miles one mm. way to work. And that's not uncommon. No. Nope. Right. Uh, for people. I'm, I'm near that, about 18 miles. Okay. Right? There you go. You yeah. got to go to work and home. Okay. 40, 40, that's 40, 50 miles. That's just if you just. It don't go anywhere else. Yeah. And that's, but, but that's okay if that's once a week. Right. But you do that five days a week. Five and, days a week. Yeah. And listen, I think about my sister in Dallas. I'm not sure what her commute is in terms of miles. It's not small, but if you're on a, on the uh, interstate around Dallas and the traffic's going slow, takes you 40 minutes to get to work. Um, that burns a lot of gas yeah. too. Uh, this is killing the uh, prospects for the Democrats in the fall. One yeah. of the one of the factors. Uh, I mean, people say, "Well, <clears throat> you know, presidents are to, aren't necessarily to blame for the rise and fall of the price of gasoline or or oil." However, 
in the case of Joe Biden, he is, it's been hung around his neck yep. and, uh, it's, he deserves it because of his attacks on the oil and gas industry. And it might, it might've been worsened some by the war in Ukraine. Yes. Okay. But it started the first day he was in office. Right. This and uh, and listen. Did you do? You, do you think that that he and his team didn't expect this to happen? The the, the I, mean, I I I I don't know, but I think they didn't care if it did happen because they think it would be good for America in the long run. We go back to the, the to what uh, Biden said last week about the transition when he was overseas. Yes, and when it's all over with, we'll be better off. That has been the mindset of the left. When it comes to fossil fuels and green new deals and so on and so forth, and listen, I, I, Brent and I are just sitting here listening to you guys talk about the price of gas, and we're thinking Crimea River. <laughs> we we have diesel. Yeah, I know. And oh uh, wow, how diesel, much is that now? Well, it's come down actually a little bit, probably temporarily, but um, I, I know it was. Uh, I've seen as high as five forty-five a gallon. 525 kind of has been normal although I did pay I think 505 this uh, this weekend came mm. down a little bit but isn't it strange that you're thankful it's down to 505 <laughs> yeah that's bizarre <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was thinking I was thinking I can't believe I'm psyched to see actually it was 490 I got got some for 499 a gallon and I was thinking thank you lord thank yeah. you I found 499 a gallon and oh, and, and, and I was thinking what kind of world is this that I'm I'm right. thankful for four ninety nine right. a gallon. Right. All right. Lots to talk about today. Uh, different topics we will be discussing with Jan Markell coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, we're going to continue our conversation on uh, the potential gun laws that are headed our way. Gun control. Kevin Parker, director of security operations, will be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, to continue our conversation, we started yesterday about red flag laws. Uh, what else did we talk about? Uh, uh, we talked about background checks. Background checks and those things. So what these things mean, will they actually serve to prevent? Are they constitutional? I get, yeah. Kevin's not a constitutional lawyer, but uh, still, are they constitutional? And and these new proposed uh, and, legislative And, and today we're going to talk to him about, quote, unquote, assault rifles, semi-automatic. What, is, what does that mean? And I want to ask him. Uh, what does he really think in terms of uh, gangs and criminals? Would limiting access to uh, these AR-15s, so on and so yeah, forth? Yeah, would these new laws stop that yeah. gang activity? Right. Criminal activity? And, and crimes committed with guns. Yeah. Fred, what do we know more about what happened yesterday at uh, Justice Kavanaugh's home? Well, they arrested uh, the man. They arrested this young man. Uh, we know he is from California, that he drove all the way across the country. Here's what, one of the details that surprised me, that he found Justice Kavanaugh's home address on the Internet. I, I, I mean, for a justice of the Supreme Court, for that information just to be out there, given everything else that's going on. So he found his address. He goes to Justice Kavanaugh's house about 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. There are two county sheriffs uh, out in front of Justice Kavanaugh's house. They see this guy get out of his car. He's dressed all in black. He has a knapsack on his back. And when this young man from California sees them, he turns and starts walking away. Well, what we now know, too, 
When he walked away, he had a cell phone. He picks it up and calls 911, the kid from California. And he says, I'm here to, I'm going to kill Justice Kavanaugh. And uh, I just want you to know that. And I'm probably then going to kill myself. And so he hangs up the phone. Needless to say, support arrives at Justice Kavanaugh's house. This young man's arrested. You know, uh, it, it's really interesting. Uh, Biden was on with Jimmy Kimmel last night. That subject didn't come up at all. With you no. know, how, how do you feel about this? What's going on in our country and the tension? In fact, last night, the president said, I've never been more optimistic. You're really going to make us listen to my this? <laughs> no, I'm not. Huh? I'm not going to make you. But I think you should. Jimmy Kimmel and Joe Biden. Jimmy Kimmel. You know, I didn't watch the program last night because I figured the toughest question is, what's your favorite color? It didn't come up, the favorite color, but everything else did. You know, um, Mr. President, I don't know how you do it. What a tough job that you have. <clears throat> but the president says, yeah, I'm really optimistic. Well, probably because he doesn't have to pay for gas. That, that helps a lot. Or guns. Yeah. He's optimistic, he says, because, you know, our young people <clears throat> are the best educated, least prejudiced, most giving generation in American history. Well, because they've been indoctrinated into socialism. Yeah. And that the government is going to do great things. Is this your commentary or Jimmy Kimmel's back <laughs> coming back at no, you? No, Jimmy Kimmel oh, did not come you. back. Okay. This I can't and, believe you're not playing any of this. I, I can play some for no, you. I'm just kidding. Tim doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> well, no. I can I'll just take my earphones off. <laughs> if y'all want to play it for a minute here, no. I, do right. we need to play any of we it? We don't you need think to subject it, our listeners. Anyway, the point no. that one of the hey, listen, the main point that's a, that's a late night uh, show with a so-called comic. All right, that's not a serious uh, news interview, no. which Biden does not do. He that's does right. not do because he cannot handle it. Mm -hmm. He cannot handle it in terms of the facts that are out there that are the problems in our country, and because he doesn't have answers. Nope. For him. So, and he why, can't articulate answers. And he can't articulate he them. He doesn't have answers and he can't articulate any answers, as you say, yeah. uh, Ed, even if he did. He, he can't spend. Uh, he tried last night on Kimmel, but Kimmel's not up. But he wasn't asked issue. about gas prices, Tim. He yep. wasn't asked about, you know, the inflation border. and what we're all facing in grocery prices. None of that came up. No. It, well, that, and that's why he doesn't sit down with uh, Chris Wallace, for example. Right. Or anybody in the news industry, Tucker Carlson. The, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. But uh, now I remember when uh, uh, back during the, the uh, campaign between Biden and Trump, 2020. Uh, I remember the day that I saw President Trump sit down with then Fox News uh, uh, anchor or news guy Chris Wallace. Yes. Whatever you think of Chris Wallace, uh, if you're a politician or in this case a sitting president, you don't you don't envy. Or you don't relish sitting down with him for an hour. He's one on one. Tough interviewer. He's a tough interviewer. Okay. Yeah. Trump, to his credit, did that. And I remember it was like August, and they were outside at the White House, and President Trump and and, and Chris Wallace they were sweating. <laughs> I was going, you know, you can go inside and do the interview, <laughs> but anyway, nonetheless, they were doing this uh, give and take. And <clears throat> I was saying, well, next up, Biden. You know, Biden in the next week or two, we'll do the same thing. Biden never did it. Never did it. And Chris Wallace kept saying, I've invited Joe Biden to come on and, and, and talk about his plan for America for an hour. He never did it. We all know what happened. He, he, he figuratively and literally hid in the basement at his home. And so it's, it continues on. He doesn't do 
He did one interview with Lester Holt. When was when was that? Like six months ago, mm-hmm. or something like that. Now, strategically, and if I'm in the White House, that's exactly how I would play it, for the reasons we mentioned a few minutes ago. Uh, he, he just can't. You can't uh, take on. Can you imagine him doing an hour interview with Chris Wallace? No, I don't even think he has the stamina to do it. No, no. So, and that's you know. We're talking about the leader of the free world, right. President of the United States. Uh, but you know what? By this time, I think everybody sees this and knows this, what's going on here. We have a, a fella in decline physically and mentally and with the hardest, you know, with one of the hardest jobs in the world. Right. So, But, uh, you know, the other thing that Trump did, he'd come out, you know, these press briefings every day at the White oh, House. Yeah. Every now and then, Trump just come out the door. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about this. Biden has never done that because he's afraid of one person in that press pool. That's true. Peter Ducey. Yeah, that's There's, true. He's the only one who's been asking tough questions. Yeah. yeah from Fox. Yeah. Yep. Let's, if Peter Ducey leaves the newsroom, I don't know who's going to ask any questions. They got, those, at least White House reporters are going to be sitting around looking at each other. You yeah. know, who wants to ask them about gas prices? Favorite ice cream. Yeah. We had that one reporter from uh, Africa who... Was Jen Psaki's like gnat around her face? <laughs> I remember she was SWAT because he kept he he kept saying uh, he kept ask, trying to ask her questions and he was they had relegated him to the back of the room. Uh-huh. Imagine that Democrats relegate, relegating a African American well I just African. reporter yeah uh, just African yeah who's in America right uh, so she doesn't want to ask answer any of his questions anyway Peter Ducey's about it yep. as far as asking any tough questions. And I've noticed too that uh, Jen Psaki and this new um, Simone, yeah, her with the French name, mm-hmm. uh, they, 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 the uh, art, the art, the art, the art uh, dodge, artful dodge, artful dodger, and not yeah. so artful. Yeah. They say if they don't want to answer a question, don't know the answer to the question, they say I'll get back to you on that in mm-hmm. one way or another, or I didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. And then they never do. No. Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just threw a little French out there. You did. <laughs> you did it well. I took French in high school. <laughs> Parlez-vous français? Si. I took, I took Spanish. I think we got our languages mixed there. Uh, I think that would be we. But I took Spanish. But I understood your question enough oh, to you say did. Si. Yeah, parlez-vous français. <laughs> yes. If I raise my hand, my teacher would say, "Yes, Timote." I need more cheeps. We oui, Timote. <laughs> Timo- was that was that like a commercial from the seventies for Frito Lay you just did? What did you just do there? I think we've got to move on. All right, I- we're moving on. <laughs> moving on, ladies. There we and go off YouTube um, again. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Did you say eating Frito Lay would cure COVID? Ed, is that what you just said? That's going to get us banned. Well. Huh? Disinformation, Ed. That's right. Uh, free, uh, Fritos and a good, healthy dose of ivermectin. Hey, well, we'll, 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 good night. Uh, you're supposed to say Ivy and then Paul oh. so that we don't get picked up by the algorithm. All right. Uh, on a more serious note, yesterday we were discussing guns and these uh, potential gun laws, or the gun laws that are in existence, and some of them that are on the way are going to um, – affect potentially our lives joining us in studio is kevin parker director of security operations for us here at afa and 
what did we cover yesterday with you? We covered red red flag laws. Red flag laws and uh, background, background checks. checks. Background checks. Ed, question for Kevin today. Yeah, now, Kevin, just tell our listeners, because we, we have you on when we discuss these kinds of uh, topics, but uh, just briefly, uh, some of your background in law enforcement. Yeah, I've spent 27 years in uh, local and state law enforcement, worked with the Mississippi Bureau of Narcotics for nine years, and uh, then retired from Tupelo Police Department. Yeah. And, Member of SWAT and uh, overseas, you were overseas, overseas. Uh, contracting with the U.S. Army, uh, embedded with the U.S. Army, and uh, would go on missions with them. And uh, so you know whereof you speak. Yes, when right. we talk about law enforcement, and, you, and listen, I've been on trips with you before because we take security with us when we go on trips. It's sad to say that that's necessary, but. Uh, you have some great stories too. So uh, it's always a lot of very interesting. So let me ask you this. So one of the things that gets kicked around every time there's a tragedy and Uvalde, Texas absolutely is a tragedy. I don't know anybody unless somebody's demon possessed who applauds that kind of thing. Everyone was horrified by it, especially the fact that there's little children, everyone's heartbroken for the families. But as soon as the news media can get there. There are talks about let's ban assault weapons. Nobody should have an AR-15. Right. Everyone knows AR stands for assault rifle. Why do you have assault rifles? Clear up a lot of those misgivings uh, and explain, if you would, what an actual assault rifle is and what an AR-15 is. Sure. It, and to uh, quote what the Army would say every morning, we'd have a briefing and they would give the bluff, the bottom line up front. Okay, And the bluff is that people are the ones that have to use the weapon to kill people. It's not the weapon that's just jumping up and shooting somebody. So, mm-hmm. But a, an assault weapon, uh, AR stands for Armalite, which is the company that originally built this weapon in 1956. And they ran into some financial troubles, and they sold the, the uh, rights to the AR-15 uh, to Colt, who manufactured it and got a government uh, contract with the Army and started building the M-16s. And and they, from 1962 to 1989, they had the sole rights to it, and then it ran out. And then that's when these civilian companies started building them because the the patents ran out. So So an AR does not mean, does not mean assault rifle it's arm uh, i bet you 80 percent of americans think that's what it means right right yeah, but it, but it, but it's, it's actually ar means the name of the company name of the company what arm- does the ar do that's different than a uh, than, than other guns why do people why do people own them or like uh, them they like them they you know you have a uh my wife a, for it's example. a very accurate <clears throat> it's a very accurate mm-hmm. rifle uh it's a small caliber there's no uh it has what they call a buffer tube in it with a spring. It's gas operated, so when you shoot it, you don't feel much uh, recoil from the weapon. So you you can stay on target easy. It's it's just a, it's but a, it's a machine gun, right? Uh, negative. <laughs> okay, I, I know the answer to that, <laughs> yes, but that, again, sure. that's what a lot sure. of yeah. that's what a lot of the gun control. It's, uh, it looks similar to a, to an M sixteen. It looks just an M sixteen for the Army was a fully automatic weapon. 
Hmm. Which means which, what? What does it fully automatic mean? It means there's uh, like Jimmy a safety. Cagney. There's a safety switch yeah. on it or a selector switch. They, they like to refer Cagney. to it as. It yeah. would go from safe to semi-automatic to fully automatic, or some of them have three round bursts instead of fully auto. We had uh, on SWAT team here with Tupelo, we had fully automatic weapons, but we've rarely used them in that mode because you're just not as accurate with, with uh, firing the weapon. But that, that, that is the automatic. So, so the AR is a semi-automatic weapon, not a machine gun. Yes. Okay, correct. because that's commonly misunderstood, yes. too. Yes, and it, and it takes a, um, a magazine that has uh, capacity to hold uh, 30 rounds or, or less, or you can you can get larger ones that would so, so adapt. I have a question. The Democrats in the House last night, they passed a piece of legislation which won't pass in the Senate, but it set minimum age of 21 for buying semi-automatic weapons. In your opinion, what is the difference between an 18-year-old buying it and a 21-year-old buying it? Uh, well, if you have, if you're 18 and you're old enough to serve in the military, I think you should have the right. It's just going to change a variety of of laws across the country. Uh, that's but, a state, that's but, a state. It's, but it's window dressing, isn't it, to right, say yeah. now it, we're going to move it up to 21 years well, of most, age? But most of this stuff is window dressing. It just, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's calling the category of do something. You so so stop. when people buy uh, a deer rifle, right. that's semi-automatic, right? It's semi-auto. You can get a uh, – it, it It holds several several rounds. Up, you know, you could put a, a magazine in it as well, and it could be semi-auto. So semi-automatic means you pull the trigger, one round fires. Correct. And another round comes up from the magazine into the chamber. It's chambered, right. Fully automatic means you pull that trigger, you can empty the magazine without pulling it again, right? Correct. Okay. All right. Uh, talking to Kevin Parker, Director of Security Operations here, uh, because uh, guns and gun control laws are much in the news, and we're trying to clear the air on some of these misconceptions and clarify some things. Fred asked about the age. The, 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 the bill yesterday that Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats passed raised the age of uh, – that's not – who knows if that's going to be in the, piece of, that, the final legislation that goes through the Senate. However – uh, that raised the age from 18 to 21 to own an AR, right? Or a semi-automatic, a semi-automatic yeah. weapon. Um, you're in, in, in poli- the police officers and sheriff's deputies and people in law enforcement all over the country who are on the ground. Uh, you know, I know these national tragedies get a lot of attention for weeks on end, and I can understand why, especially when you have innocent children sure. being being right. slaughtered for and have nothing to do with this guy who killed him. I mean, it was just demonic. Um, but <clears throat> most of your deaths are with, uh, <coughs> as a result of quote gun violence occur in inner city America and they, they, they involve gangs. True. Uh, okay. And, uh, not when I say inner city America, I'm talking about, uh, uh, well, I think everybody knows what I'm yeah. talking about. We, we, the bad part of town, so to speak, which, by sure. the way, those crimes are spreading out to the suburbs now. But here's what I want to say. If these gun laws are passed, uh, then new gun laws are passed, then the criminals who are committing most of these uh, acts of violence using guns, they will then say to themselves, you know, we're, we're not going to be able to use guns uh, anymore until we're 21. I'm talking about the oh, gang members, yeah, right? Yeah, That'll be discussed sure. at their yeah. meetings. True? Yeah. 
they'll see the Ghostbuster sign on the door with a gun behind it. Yeah. And they're going to abide by it. Right. Everybody, everybody knows that's, that's not what's going to happen. Hey, can I ask one question before we, sure. before we hit the break? So I, I, I will admit to having a question about whether we should allow large capacity magazines. Okay. I, I'm open to the ideas. Tell me what you think. Like a, a mat, large capacity magazine that owns hat holds 30 rounds. Cause you know, we had the assault weapons ban from 94 to 04 that Clinton signed yeah. into law and it expired after 10 years, but it, it banned large capacity magazines as well down to 10. So who's to say I just put several more 10 round magazines on my person. If I'm yeah. intent on doing evil or harm to somebody, it, it's not going to make much different this is why i guess those on the left who are promoting gun control they would say well they they might concede to to us here they might say you know i concede this is the the majority of people not the far left far far lefties who just want to change the constitution get rid of the second amendment i concede that there is a second amendment and but what 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 we're trying to do here is make things harder for these criminal, these uh, people to commit mass murder, and if we could do a a law that has a waiting period, for example, or eighteen year olds like this kid out in uh, like Texas, the, like the Brady Bill did, but, yeah, yes, had the, had the uh, waiting period. Yep. Yes, if we can do that and and potentially make it harder, then we we have a better chance of saving lives. And for you people to not agree with quote common sense right. gun regulations, you're just uncaring. About uh, so, how would you respond to that? I, I would respond by saying this: If I trusted the left, if I trusted the left to protect the second Second Amendment, I would enter into conversations about that. Now, some folks listening are saying you, you liberal, you know, but but I don't trust them. I think what they want to do eventually is get rid of all guns. Mm-hmm. But if they would come out and say, we all let's all admit that the Second Amendment protects individuals constitutional rights to own guns and we're not just talking about a shotgun we're talking about an ar-15 or a handgun for self-protection then i would say okay then let's talk about some ways to try to keep evil people from getting guns but since they won't do that i don't trust them i just think all these laws are meant to affect law-abiding citizens already will have no effect whatsoever on criminals who are intent on harming people or these gangs, they're not going to pay attention to these laws anyway. Right. It's all a lot I of, agree. most mostly window dressing. Correct. We'll be back momentarily. Thanks, Kevin. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. What's your favorite place to visit when you go to the Holy Land? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's a question I get asked frequently, either before we go to Israel or while we're there with the folks that we see the Holy Land with. And I have to say, my favorite place 
is, and there's so many places to visit. It's like picking your favorite child, right? Which child do you love the most? So it's hard to say, but I got to tell you, going to the Sea of Galilee, getting on the boat and riding out to the middle and then having a worship experience there with the folks who are with us, it's just hard to put into words. For all the information on our March 2023 trip to Israel, go to the website twholyland.com. twholyland.com. Everything's there, the cost, the itinerary, etc. Join us, won't you? Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. It costs $55,000 to send your kids to the Dalton School. That's $55,000 a year. So it's reasonable for parents to believe their youngsters are getting the best education money could buy. What they did not count on was the graphic sex education classes taught to first graders. Five- and six-year-olds were given lessons on how to do things I'm not allowed to say on the national radio. It's against FCC regulations. Children were shown cartoons and illustrated in graphic detail things that would make the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah blush. The New York Post reports the lessons were developed by Justine Fonte. She's the lady behind something called Porn Literacy. That's a workshop she taught at another prep school. Now, my recommendation would be for parents to forget about calling school administrators. They need to be calling the NYPD Special Victims Unit. Be sure to download my all-new podcast and daily newsletter at ToddSterns.com. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will. Ephesians 1.11 American Family Radio This is Today's Issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of Today's Issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of Today's Issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Just to put a wrap on our discussion about, uh, quote, gun violence in America, because that's what the the, uh, the left is trying to promote gun con- new gun control laws, uh, and they, they use every national tragedy that gets people's attention and then they try to um, use that to clamp down more on the Second Amendment. I think, are we all three in agreement? Yes. Ab- absolutely. Okay, on that. That's why I said before the break, I don't trust the left on right. this issue. So right. no, no conversation. Yeah. So yesterday, a couple things here. One, yesterday they had a hearing uh, the, about the, in the House where the, uh, our testimony in the House of Representatives where the, uh, law was passed by Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats having t- some gun con- control stipulations, uh, new laws that won't pass in the Senate, but nonetheless, it's still passed in the House of Representatives. And they had, Fred, you said they had one of the young girls from... They had a hearing prior to the vote last night on okay. the bill. They okay. had a hearing where they brought in 
some of the survivors and some of the family members of those who were killed in the Texas school attack. Element, the el- elementary school children? Yes. Well, they, they I had, mean, were they the ones tested? They were, I think, grade, grade four, grade five uh, kids that were in yeah. that classroom. And so they brought, and it was dramatic testimony. I mean, they had one little girl who survived. She was in the classroom, and she talked about protecting herself by using one of the deceased bodies of her classmates and, and putting blood on her so she looked dead so that the gunman wouldn't shoot her. So, I mean, this is dramatic testimony. And they had parents. But what was the point of it? The point of it is... Because that is tragic, but you you think you might hear that in a, some other setting, maybe like a courtroom. or yes. I, I, I don't know. But but to have testimony, what was, what was the point? Was it to... I can't Garner, get, was it to, to draw up, to, to make an emotional plea to people to support new gun? Because then, because look at this poor child. And, it, yeah, if I, mean, I had to speculate on the okay. motive of the Democrats, okay. uh, I would say that was it. Yeah, if you, don't, if you don't pass gun control legislation today, you know, vote for it, you don't care about this little girl. Gotcha. Yeah. It was manipulation. Yeah. Yes. Basically. No, no fault of the little girl or their families. No. Uh, they were asked to come to Washington to, I guess. But, and, but I mean, go ahead. And, and let me let me be fair. I, let me try to be fair to the Democrats. Okay, this is this is hard for me to do. I'm sure in their hearts and minds they would say that what a evil mischaracterization of what I really want to accomplish. You know what I really want to accomplish? I want to stop this from happening ever again. So. I want to be fair. I'm sure that's part of it, but but bringing all these children and having them testify the horrifying testimony is also clearly manipulative. Yeah, because they're, you, because they're looking they're they're looking over at the Republicans going, "Are you going to condemn what this little right. girl said? Right. Go ahead. Are you going to challenge? Are you going to challenge her? Right. Uh, you know." Which they're not, they're not, they're not talking about the tragedy or how horrible it was, which it's universally condemned what happened. Right. But they just want to use this kind of emotional moment to try to pass new gun control right. legislation in the name of stopping these kinds of tragedies yeah. from happening in the future. One other thing, then we'll go to Jan, <clears throat> and that is what's not being discussed much at all is the impact of pop culture on our youth and our, well, not just our youth, but on, um, I would describe youth as 15 to 30. Okay. Which a lot of crimes, uh, use guns are, uh, are used by that demographic to commit criminal activity, acts of violence. Uh, listen in rap music, which I don't listen to, but I know enough about it and have read enough about it and have seen enough videos. And the mayor of New York, a liberal Democrat, was talking about this the other day. Uh, uh, rap music videos, a lot of them use uh, violent imagery. Guns are brandished. Uh, that's just a part of it's called a lot of the, the, the a subset of, of, of rap music would be called uh, gangster rap. This is very prominent in youth, especially in, well, uh, I say black youth culture, the the white uh, kids, 
The white the white kids uh, listen to rap as much as the black uh, kids do, and I'm not co- I'm not a co- a condemning rap music as a genre <clears throat> just because I don't particularly uh, listen to it. I- I'm just saying that the imagery that comes along with it and the lyrics that comes along with it, a lot of it does glorify violence. Also, it, the the shoot 'em up movies. It, I tell you what, if Hollywood and the actors who are coming out condemning gun gun violence would say, you know what, we're going to do our part. No more, uh, no more movies that that just are gratuitously violent and shoot 'em ups, and and we're we're gonna we're gonna restrict guns from being used in films and TV. Like they did with smoking, they did that with cigarettes in movies. So there is precedent ago, for yeah. that. Many, many movies said we're not going to glorify smoking. How many movie studios and actors and actresses are going to agree to that, to what I just said? Zero. Why? Because it makes a lot of money. Because it makes money. Yeah. How about, how about games like Grand Theft Auto, a big series? Yeah. All sorts of, and, and, and listen, what I think what we're saying is this issue is more complex than just quote unquote gun violence. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I, first thing you do is hold the person individually accountable for their actions. Okay. That's the first thing we do, which the left doesn't do oftentimes they do. If it's a white person or a cop, if it's a white person, then it's a white supremacist right? doing the shooting. Therefore white supremacy must be condemned. If it's not a white person, it's the gun. I'm watch this. It's over and over and over again. Uh, and same with the police officer. If a police officer shoots somebody, it's the officer who shot somebody. Right. If it's the gangster who shot somebody, it's the gun. I mean, it's this is what they do. But it's the overall, uh, it, it's the overall uh, glorification of violence in pop culture, movies, music, TV shows uh, that lead to a conditioning among a lot of these folks to uh, in in these, especially who don't have guidance in their lives to right. to get into gangs mm-hmm. uh and and they they do a lot in the gangs do you said you read another example of gangs having a crossfire where somebody died right well it was just recent here in the last uh, two or three weeks and and i think the story was about a a, a child who was shot but the, the genesis of it was one gang had already hit the other gang and now there was a gathering and a drive-by shooting <clears> and they spray the crowd with uh, with gunfire and innocent people are killed. That, that's that you just described Friday and Saturday night right. in Chicago. Yeah. Every, every, every weekend, weekend. every weekend. Yep. All right. You're listening to today's issues on the American family radio network. Uh, Fred, you want to introduce our guest? Yeah. Our good friend, Jan Markell from understanding the times, Jan, good morning to you. Well, good morning. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Is crime uh, under control there in the Twin Cities, uh, uh, Jan? It's, it's, it's too cold to have any crime up here. Oh, wow. Still? Still oh, too cold? Yes. Good night. It's pretty nice, it's pretty nice now, but you know, it takes, we only have about one nice month. Jan, you mentioned uh, you're, you're just not going to be able to work for the convention bureau there in uh, no. Minnesota. They're no, not gonna, no, they've, they're they've not gonna, fired me. <laughs> come enjoy Come enjoy our weather in July here in, <laughs> yep, here in Minnesota. <laughs> One month only. And then go home uh, before you freeze to death. Uh, all right. So uh, I wanted to ask Jan one one thing first about the, the um, 
you, a few months ago, you were telling us uh, what happened in, in Minneapolis uh, after George the George Floyd riots. Right. As a result of his the, the protest of his death. Uh, I remember you telling us how much of, of city blocks were destroyed. The businesses right. were destroyed. And you were wondering at the time whether they would ever be rebuilt. Do you know any more about that? Right. Uh, Go ahead. Well, and I actually drove down the area. This would have been many months ago, four or five months ago. And um, it, it's, I would estimate it's a distance of some three to four miles. And not every building, of course, but, but many, many buildings were completely destroyed. Um, I, I think one or two people lost their lives, and in some of these buildings, by the way, I mean, obviously they're 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 commercial uh, stores, but on top of them are apartment buildings. So, so people lost their homes as well. Um, and to my knowledge, because of red tape and all, not a whole lot has 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 proceeded to help these people who lost their businesses or the, or their homes. Um, and whether or not that's in the works, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It it was not downtown Minneapolis, but it was probably five miles from downtown Minneapolis. That's tough. Jan, uh, we all know that Iran has declared it's one of its goals in life, uh, is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And that's why Israel has to be ready to defend itself at all times. And, in the past, one of the problems that Israel has had when it sets out on a mission uh, to set things right with Iran, uh, they their fighter jets have to stop somewhere to right. refuel before the attack. Well, there's a headline in a story here from the Jerusalem Post that Israel makes dramatic upgrades to military plans to attack Iran. One of the upgrades is they now have F-35 stealth fighters, which will not have to make that refuel stop. And that puts, uh, I, I think, for Israel at an advantage. But the headline speaks once again because I saw another story, uh, I think it was today, maybe you sent it to us, that uh, Iran is removing some of the cameras from its nuclear facilities that were being mm-hmm. used to monitor their activity. So Israel, once again, is put on alert because they know what Iran's plans are. Well, that is correct. Um, the story about the upgrading of of air air well their military um, system air system is a brand new story. It was out in the Jerusalem Post yesterday. Israel makes dramatic upgrades to military plans to ta- to attack Iran, uh, and you're correct. Uh, they now have the capability of not having to refuel on their way to from obviously Israel to the Iranian nuclear sites. So this is huge. Um, the downside to all of this is there are dozens and dozens of nuclear sites in Iran. Which ones would Israel pick? I do believe that we are going to wake up one of these, I believe even this summer, we're going to wake up to a headline that says Israel has struck Iranian nuclear sites. Which ones? We don't know. There are some that are further along than others. Some are underground where you, there's really not much you can do, uh, or they're, they're built inside of a mountain, believe it or not. So the Iranians aren't stupid. I mean, they do know nuclear technology. They're advancing on a daily basis, and there's a clock that's ticking down, 
And I am very concerned that because here, here's what's going to happen if they strike Iran, if they strike these these nuclear sites, obviously there's going to be loss of life, and the whole world will scream bloody murder, and Israel needs to be punished when she in fact just did the world a favor by knocking out some of these nuclear sites. Jen, are you surprised that Iran is moving forward with this program? You know, when Trump was in office, there seemed to be a check on Iran. Right. Uh, And they were scared of him. I'm not the first to say this. With Biden in office, they don't feel that restriction anymore. Yeah, they they didn't know what. And this has been said by uh, Putin's people speaking for Putin. I'm sorry to interrupt here, but I think. Hmm. What I have to say is important. Okay, <laughs> and that is this: with President Trump, you didn't know what he was going to do. Mm, right. Okay, as some would call that volatility. Yes, he had. That's part of his personality. But you remember when he took out that top Iranian Soleimani, Soleimani, who was the chief terrorist uh, in the right. region, and Trump mm-hmm. sent a. Was it a drone in? I think it was a drone strike. Took him out? Yes, it and, was. And, yeah. and, and, and people are just going all over the world, including the bad guys, are going, wow. Mm. Look it scared a lot of people. Right. And they didn't know what Trump would do. That's the reason that Putin didn't go into Ukraine under Trump's administration, because he didn't know what Trump would do. Yeah. You right. know, how he would retaliate. Uh, so I'm, I'm just saying that there are a lot of there were a lot of advantages to President Trump's, uh, <laughs> yeah, how he handled international affairs because a lot of people respect that we didn't have millions of people pouring in here right. illegally over our southern border when president trump was in why because they because he worked to stop it and he worked with mexico to say you need to help us yeah. prevent this from- i'm right. just saying that um president trump uh doesn't get enough credit for the stability that he brought to world affairs absolutely right. i mean that is an understatement i mean he did he he may have been called unstable, which right. frankly I don't th- I don't think he was, but he may have been called unstable. But he brought stability to the world, and as you look at the world now, who is the current world leader? We don't have one. That's why it's setting the stage for the Antichrist. It's it's a very you're you're, you're looking around out there going. Superpowers are supposed to be China, Russia, and the U.S. I guess. Russia doesn't look too super powerish right, right, right. now. Huh? Hey, right. what do you got? Jan, just uh, one Last one, question for Jan. Last question. She needs to go back inside <laughs> by, the fireplace, by, the, by the fireplace. That's uh, right. Thank it's you. not July yet. Uh, Jan, <laughs> um, Israel really has no choice uh, on this matter, right? Because they, they've Correct. got to. Uh, Iran has promised they're going to get nukes and they're going to obliterate, as Tim said, obliterate Israel, wipe them off the map. <laughs> Uh, so, um, Israel's looking around. They don't, I, I'm guessing they don't think they can trust the Biden administration to stand right. up for them. So they've got no choice, but to take on this task of, and, and, and it seems to me, you, agree or disagree, uh, let us know what you think, but it seems to me there are a lot of Muslim nations who are, uh, secretly saying, Israel, do us yes. a favor and end this threat. Absolutely. Everything you said, absolutely true. Emphasis on some of the uh, Muslim neighbors who are saying enough is enough. We're, we're afraid of Iran, too. Uh, that's partly why the Abraham Accords came into into existence. 
Um, now Saudi Arabia is uh, kind of making some some gestures about peace with Israel. So, same reason they're afraid of afraid of Iran. I have Michelle Bachman on this week weekend. We're going to talk about some of these things. So I hope folks will yeah. tune in. She's got very keen insight into all of this. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jan. Appreciate it. We'll tell thank folks when the show's on. And uh, thank, thank you. you. For, uh, thank you. Jan Markell joining right. us from uh, Minnesota. She's the host of Understanding the Times Radio, heard each uh, Saturday and Sunday here on American Family Radio, 1 o'clock Central Time on Saturday and noon Central Time on Sunday, the program Understanding the Times. Very popular show on AFR. Yes. What uh, uh, what y'all are talking about there, that's a Sunni Shia yeah. split in, in Islam. So Saudi Arabia is Muslim, but they're Sunni, for example. Uh, they detest the Iranian military buildup or, or nuclear. And the Iranians are, they're bullies. You know, they have, yeah. they have they're, forces. They're, they're Shia. Yeah. And right. they have forces in Syria and, and, you know, been working in Lebanon. Right. right. So they're trying to take over the, the region. And a lot of these countries like Saudi Arabia and Jordan, they don't want that. Yeah. You're listening to today's issues on the American family radio network. Next story, Fred. Well, off the top of the program today, we talked about must not watch TV. That was the Kimball Biden <laughs> thing tonight. Well, we'll leave it up to you folks. If you want to watch TV tonight, eight o'clock, I think it's Eastern time. I can't be looking so forward to this. Yeah, this what? is going to be the Democrats commission. Uh, I'm investigating air quotes. Uh, what happened on January 6th? Uh, 20 January 6th. When does that ring? A bell? <laughs> 2021. <laughs> so you're going to see tonight. Uh, they're they're We've talked about this earlier in the week. They have uh, the Democrats have hired an ABC producer, television, yeah, producer, Hollywood guy to produce. Well, he's a news guy, but a show, yeah. Uh, And it is going to be political theater from the Democrats. So, where's it going to air? Where's it going to air? The major networks, including Fox, are going to cover this. Okay, so I didn't think Fox. This is is this the culmination or is this the halfway point of the? January 6th commission it's investigation. A, it's at least step two. Step two. So they're going to do it. They're doing a TV documentary, TV, TV uh, produced documentary tonight to air on, I guess, CNN, Fox News, and others. Yeah. This is a documentary? No. Well, uh, excuse me. I, I misspoke. Uh, a, a, it's, a, it's a production meant to show, they're going to try to show how President Trump and people around him orchestrated the uh, coup attempt, coup attempt inside the white house. Right. That, yes. That's what the, I mean, excuse me, inside the Capitol building. That's yeah. what this is going to do, right? Yes. The okay. a Republican Congresswoman, Elsie Stefanik, this is going to be cut six was on Fox and friends this morning. She pretty well summed it up. We can expect a circus. Uh, the Democrats have been shameless. The fact that they are booking this on prime time tells you everything you need to know. Most of the committee business in the House starts at 10 a.m. and is through the regular working day. So they're trying to get eyeballs and they're trying to change the narrative. They're not hosting a prime time hearing on the border crisis. They're not hosting a prime time hearing on the baby formula shortage or the inflation or the skyrocketing gas prices. Those are issues that actually matter to the American people. What this committee is focused on is it's a partisan witch hunt going after their Nancy Pelosi's political opponents smearing Donald Trump supporters and voters across this country. And I'll, t- I'll tell you something else. Yeah, it's it's trying to bring Donald Trump back into the equation mm-hmm. because the Democrats got nothing nothing to uh, talk about as uh, Stefanik 
was talking about. They're not talking about the issues that people really care about. They had their best times, the Democrats did, and the news media when Donald Trump was in office. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to bring the boogeyman back and try to scare the left so that they will come out to vote in November. Yeah. Yeah. This How are they going to keep on with this? I know this is what you call milk in the udder dry, okay? That's some a, sort of uh, it's a farm, farmer it's reference? A, it's a farm analogy, <laughs> uh, farmer life analogy. Uh, that That is. Farmers only. Yeah. Understand <laughs> dot, it. Dot com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, we've talked about this many times before. What happened on January 6th was terrible. I'm talking about when they people went into the Capitol building. That was awful, right. and shouldn't have never should have never happened. <clears throat> and uh, so, but what happened that day was not a coup attempt. Okay, it, it wasn't was, an it, insurrection. It wasn't even an it wasn't an insurrection. Okay, if it would have been a coup attempt, these people would have had guns and weapons and plans. And execute execute uh, uh, a a program, so to speak. That that this was not any of that. All right. Despite what the Democrats continued to say, this was a bunch of people who were worked up emotionally because they viewed the election as stolen from President Trump. And if you want to be a honest broker of Oh, no, my broker is not the right word. <clears throat> if you want to look at that honestly, there's some there's a lot of points that need answering on what happened on right. election day, okay? But these were not insurrectionists. These were not people going in to have a coup. <laughs> and if they did, there was the worst coup in the history of the world. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. These were a bunch of people who got uh, I don't know how many of them were there hundreds. They yeah, went in. yeah. Okay. They they got caught up in the moment. Somebody let them into the Capitol building. In some in some in most cases they were let yeah. in. Okay. Some and, some did go in through windows. And they did they they took a couple of podiums and the best the best image of of the of the worst person in there is uh, some guy wearing a bullhorn on <laughs> bullhorns on his head. And you're supposed to tell me that's. We, we got. We're That's gonna. Be, we're gonna keep investigating this for two more years or something. It's ridiculous. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.